1: That's O-S-E-A, Malibu.com, code GLOW. This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
2: As we welcome you along to the programme, my thanks to John Paul for sitting in for me last week when I was off. And he is back taking your calls this morning at 0818 103 103. Text and WhatsApp's also available at oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. 103. And it's good to be back and back into routine again. It's the one thing about holidays, isn't it? Routine just goes out the door. But you know something? It was a gorgeous week. We went away, uh, we took Marsha away, and we uh, we went to uh, the beautiful island of ibiza an island that we know extremely well and it's uh, normally ibiza the season in ibiza doesn't really kick off until uh, may uh, but they uh, some of the hotels and businesses opened earlier this year obviously because they've had nothing for the last two years so it was interesting to be on the island when it was so quiet because normally it's a very very busy island in the summer months but it was just gorgeous to feel some sun on your back and just to chill out and relax and I had mentioned... The week before, uh, when, I, when the week that I was heading away, that I was nervous about having to travel through Dublin airport. I always try and go out of Cork, but unfortunately no flights to Ibiza out of Cork, so we had to go out of Dublin. And with all of the scenes we were witnessing, and online people talking about the excessive queuing and the queues outside the door, that I was a bit nervous about heading to Dublin for that uh, reason, but glad to report sailed through the airport. And we were there early enough on the Saturday morning, I think about Seven half seven kind of I think it was about seven o'clock we were there, and uh, which was right in the middle of that rush hour between six and nine in the morning is, is the busiest time for uh, Dublin Airport. But absolutely no problem. Did the bag drop off? Got through security, and Dublin Airport and Cork Airport as well. The the Ariean staff, the ground staff are just particularly good when it comes to anybody with special needs. They really are incredible. And a number of years ago actually it was some of the staff um, Cork Airport gave Marsha one of those lanyards that has Really enough, it's sunflowers that are on. It's, they're a green lanyard with sunflowers. And if you ever see anybody with one of those lan- lanyards, they're used to identify people with a hidden disability that might just need an extra little bit of help. Obviously, Marsha's disability isn't hidden, but these lanyards with the sunflowers are recognised. Airports all over the world, but certainly in Dublin and Cork, they're particularly good. As soon as they see you with the lanyard, they're overstra- there's somebody over straight away to say, Can we help you? Is there anything we can do to you, know, you make your passage through the airport any way better? So they were they were incredible again and we sailed through security and all of that. So we were there in plenty of time, which was a lovely. Strange to be back on an aeroplane again, I have to say. And even packing for the holiday felt a bit strange because normally, you know, it's something we would, we would do every year. We would take Marsha away somewhere. So you get into sort of the habit of what you need to pack, what you don't need to bring with you. And suddenly when I got over there, I realised I brought way too much clothes. We're all guilty of that though, aren't we? And then there were other little bits and pieces that I'd forgotten that I normally would have packed. But anyway, so it's a bit a bit of a learning curve. But at the airport watching people, some people with masks the mask mandate is still when you're on the aeroplane you have to wear the mask and then when we arrived in Ibiza the Spanish mandate for mask wearing inside in all shops and in restaurants except when you're eating a little bit like we had here that was still in place but it actually got lifted on the Wednesday while we were over there and they've had really really strict lockdowns in Ibiza I mean including curfews by age group you're only allowed out at certain times the day during the height of COVID 19. So, when the mask mandate got lifted on Wednesday, it was interesting. Up to that, everywhere you went, people had their masks on, and suddenly Wednesday morning, <laughs> there was barely a mask in sight. People just discarded them because they've had such strict, strict lockdowns. But anyway, as I say, great to get away, batteries recharged, and I chilled out and I relaxed. And isn't that what going away is all about? And before I went away, I'd been talking on the programme about the turf war, and particularly involving Eamon Ryan, the Green Party leader. So there is a little bit of good news, I have to say, on that this morning that Eamon Ryan has bowed to pressure from his coalition colleagues over the turf war and there had been this real standoff, particularly, I think, between rural backbench TDs in both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, they were up in arms about what Eamon Ryan was proposing to do over the selling and the gifting of a bag of uh, turf. So he has given in. And I was reading this morning in an exclusive interview that he's actually given to the Irish Independent, the Environment Minister has now said that small rural communities of under 500 people, they will be exempt from the ban on the sale and gifting of turf. Eamon Ryan said regulations will be aimed at banning the commercial sale of turf and will only target retail outlets. And he added that inspectors will not be sent out to police communities on the sale of turf. He says that there had been major misinformation and disinformation about people being raided in their homes amid claims that the state would arrest your granny for burning the wrong fuel. He says we're not going to have a situation where inspectors will be going into somebody's house and sifting through the grate to see what you had been burning last night. So people will be certainly relieved to hear that. And a little bit of common sense, I think, has finally prevailed. Eamon Ryan uh, will outline his fresh proposals to Fianna Gale and Fianna Fáil backbenchers, saying that there's now a consultancy phase ahead on the ban which is going to come in in September and of course this ban is being introduced primarily it is aimed at the ban on smoky coals. Eamon Ryan says he's been working for the last year and a half on a comprehensive measure to protect public health and of course whenever he's asked about this he always quotes the fact that 1300 people die every year in this country prematurely and they die from respiratory ailments so it's all about cleaning up the air and getting rid of. Smoky coals and smoky fuels. He said that the main target was smoky coal. But of course, when the government went to try to put the legislation in place to ban smoky coal, the legal advice was that it couldn't be applied to just one fuel alone without a similar approach to other fuels, which obviously caused the very same problem. And he said that's why what was seen initially as a solution for smoky coal is now going to have to apply. To wet wood and to peat he said that 's the legal way and the only way that it can be addressed and There was numerous attorney generals looked at this, and they all came up with the same one and said no there 'll be a legal challenge if you just ban smoky coal, so you 're also going to have to add in wet wood. And you're also going to have to add turf uh, into it. And Eamon Ryan now is expecting that these new fresh proposals that he'll bring to the coalition partners, but in particular to the backbench TDs, he is expecting broad support within government for the final proposal. So I suppose only time will tell. But it's now that they're going to really allow people in very rural areas, as I say, population fewer than 500 people, They will be exempt and they will be allowed to burn uh, turf and they also will be allowed to sell turf and they'll be allowed to gift turf to their neighbour. As I say, it certainly looks to me like it is a little bit of common sense. And in other good news this morning, this one is aimed at families, the hospital inpatient fees For under-16s is going to be abolished and this is plans due to be approved by the Cabinet some stage this week. The Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, is bringing a memo to the Cabinet tomorrow and it's outlining plans to abolish this inpatient hospital charge. It's €80 is what the charge is. It's the day case uh, charge for children. Of course, it's capped at uh, €800 a year after 10 visits. You don't have to pay any more. But for families, that can be a lot of money. Stephen Donnelly intends to... Scrap the fees uh, it'll go the member will go to cabinet and it is expected to be introduced in August of this year and the abolition of this particular fee is obviously another step towards the plans for the universal health care we 've heard about universal health care for quite some time, which is aimed at allowing people access to health care and that there should not be a financial hardship so that's another step in that direction so anyone with children under the age of sixteen, but as I say it won't be introduced on Till August, but a total ban on that fee for out day cases at hospitals 0818 103 103 so it's great to get a bit good news on a Monday is it not? There's some lovely pictures in the papers today of the Thief me Hall Martin he had a tour of the Green Glens Arena in Mill Street uh, yesterday where he met a number of Ukrainian families and he said he was deeply moved by the sheer gratitude the Ukrainian citizens had shown towards Ireland and its offer of a safe uh, haven and of course we're, we're going to be talking actually a little bit later on about in Middleton and they have one of these sunflower hubs open and people have just been so kind and so generous to the Ukrainian refugees but the big problem is is housing and long term because we don't know how long many of these refugees will be staying with us and of course the numbers are increasing all the time that are arriving here and they reckon 33,000 Ukrainian refugees are expected to have arrived here by the end of next month and if that number it does happen. There's concerns that there could be a shortfall of around uh, 8,000 places uh, to house the refugees when they arrive here. And actually the hotel that we stayed in the night before, we flew out to Ibiza. We went to Dublin on the Friday night because of the early flight on the Saturday morning and there was Ukrainian refugees staying there. But obviously the hotels have been used that were initially when they arrive. It's a little bit like Mill Street is the same. It's really only emergency accommodation and until they can find, the government can find suitable housing for them. But we know we have a housing crisis in this country. So I read with interest this morning that the Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, is bringing, will bring a number of options to the Cabinet uh, tomorrow. And the long-term housing option uh, is what they're now looking at in response to the refugee uh, crisis. And uh, according to news reports this morning, it's expected that the VOIDS programme, Whereby vacant council houses were be brought back into use now about six thousand of those houses were brought back into the use over the last 2 years under a similar scheme that Tara O'Brien is going to bring to cabinet tomorrow what'll happen is local authorities will be asked to submit the number of empty properties the so-called voids that they have at at the moment but they're also going to need to say how much work is expected it's okay to have an empty property but if it's if it needs a lot of work how much work how much time is it going to take to bring that house up to the level it needs to be in order to house a Ukrainian uh, family so looking at the housing stock that the council have is going to be part of the plan. Also measures will include an expanded acquisition programme where local authorities will have greater flexibility to acquire certain houses and the Minister is will also consider emergency powers it always amazes me that the government can bring in emergency powers when they need to bring in emergency powers and normally if there's something that needs to be done we'll be told oh no we need legislation for that but yet, we saw during Covid times how emergency powers can be introduced and obviously they're going to use emergency powers as well for the ukrainian refugees so he'll consider emergency powers already available to him under existing legislation whereby certain planning and procurement requirements can be exempt which obviously then would speed up delivery in emergency situations. So we'll wait and see how many voids and empty social houses the council actually have. But that's what it's looking like. Daryl O'Brien is going to ask all of the councils around the country to do. You are an owner of a camper van. Then you may be a fan of my first guest this morning, Aaron Burchell, who hosts the YouTube channel Charlie and Me, which sees Aaron and his dog Charlie travelling around the country in their camper van Checking out the various camping sites and spots available for parking your campervan unfortunately, things didn't go too well when Aaron and Charlie decided to visit Formoy recently and Aaron joins me to explain more Good morning to you Aaron Patricia
3: how are you welcome back off your holiday well
2: thank you very much and good to talk to to you have had you checked out in advance that the town of Vermoy had dedicated parking for camper vans? yes
3: as you said, Charlie and me is a channel where we camp sites and car park facilities, parking facilities. And yeah, there's an app called Motor Home Parking Ireland, which tells you of car parks, or campsites, or bars that allow you to stay. So, Moy had been mentioned. I had not been to Moy in years. So I said, right, let's go. Myself and Charlie were doing Fomoy Cove, Ballycotton, Middleton over three nights. Three different videos over 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 a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. When I got there, which was three weeks ago now, there was fifteen cars parked in the space that said "camper van parking only."
2: Now and I saw I saw your video. It very yes. clearly states yes. "camper van parking yes. only." Yes. and there was a line of cars.
3: Yes, and I. You saw our van. It's a big yellow ambulance. It's branded Charlie and me. We don't get away with anything. So I wasn't prepared to park there and walk downtown and then have some YouTuber or Instagrammer like me saying, "Who does he think he is?" Double parked. So the traffic warden just happened to come in to the into the to empty the meters. You know the the parking meters. Now, do, just just it.
2: firstly, does it often happen? that when no. you turn up at a space like that, that cars will be no. illegally parked? No, it but it has okay.
3: happened there before because on the app I mentioned, somebody said, oh, we went there and there was no parking, but in fairness, 10 minutes later, there was. So I would say no. Usually if it says campervan parking, people sales.
2: yeah 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 people people respect it. now we can't can, we can't confirm what no. the uh, parking warden actually no. said to you but it was clear no. that no one was going to get a parking ticket that oh, no, was made no, absolutely that was made very no clear to you
3: and it wasn't made clear to me that these spaces have been removed and there's new ones I think that was just coincidental that maybe as the avenue press said, my timing was ill timed I don't think so if it says campervan parking it's campervan parking until it doesn't say campervan parking which it does not say now those words are gone
2: did you wait around to see if a parking space would eventually become free
3: no it was half free I was tired I had been in my mum's in Dublin and driven from Dublin with Charlie we wanted to go get a bite to eat park up and then I wanted to edit the video you know I have a routine and there was nowhere for me to wait I would have been moving to let other cars out of other spaces um yeah
2: because you were but, du- you were double parked because yeah, you would oh know was, because you would know the choice
3: There was not one other park there was one other parking space and I was told I could park there but it was for market stall Okay meaning people buy these little Yeah of yeah marks. And I said, well, I'm not parking there because, again, an Instagrammer will say, who does he think he is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Equally, like I don't like people parking in our spots. I wasn't going to park. in, in someone else. Okay, yeah. stay,
2: stay yeah. there because local councillor Franco Flynn uh, is on the other line and uh, he joins me just to explain exactly what is going on here. Good morning to you, Frank.
4: Uh, good morning, Patricia. Good morning, listeners of Coffee Sound.
2: OK, and Aaron is on the other line as well. OK, now the problem morning, is Aaron. the problem yeah. is there's a new location for camper vans.
4: Uh, Actually, about two years ago, quite a lot of people touched um, me They think, for so my losing out. As everyone knows, you know does than anyone want Patricia. It is very well located. It's uh, on the banks of that water. And we were losing out and businesses were saying to me, people said, me, We had a very successful uh, camper van path and... And caravan parking. That was the Ryan family, but uh, both um, members of that family, was husband the wife, passed away. It was a great success, and they've decided not to go into, into that business anymore. So I passed up at the council on uh, agenda about a year and a half ago. Uh, they said they'd look at different sites. So we tried one in the library car park. Uh, there was uh, some criticism that it was on a hill and it was difficult to access, and it was on a slope. So they have been of The management part at a list of sites to us. And they said, we'd try out a few sites. So the agreement was that they would do, on a trial basis, uh, put in place. And oh, an overnight oh, parking oh, space yeah. on the Ragilea Road entrance into Firmai, because it's adjacent to Formae, And many campers said to me, I, you can never park in a town or park in a local village because you cannot get in. So they'd move on to the next town the village. So Firmai was losing out. So we said we do this on a trial period. We have a trial period now for an overnight parking in um, at Easy Road in Formoy. And How many spaces uh, are there? I'd say it should take about six uh, six campaments.
2: And, yeah, what, and uh, what, what? was the? What's wrong with the carping the parking space in the Kevin Barry Hill car park? Where are tried to park?
4: Management and uh, and the council got a feedback that was um, um, difficult enough to access because it was just off a, a, a fairly stiff hill. Also, it was hard enough to get in and out to it, and it was actually on a slope. So the council said, in their wisdom, that they would look at other sites. So They have a number of sites, and this but but Boston.
2: why? But why were? Why did you not remove camper van parking only? Why, why was it designated camper van, camper Which van parking Which only?
4: Which one? The one in
2: the one the one in in the upper Kevin Barry Hill car park. That's the library one you're talking about, is it?
4: Well, last year, um, about this time of the year, we put in about five or six spaces, and it was just for camper Benzoni. only. And uh, then we, we mapped those, and otherwise cars could not park there. Yeah, but the day uh,
2: I, the day Aaron went, it was full of cars.
4: I know, I know, but that 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 happens, and it's um, very to have to just some people park in 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 <laughs> in, 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 in um, disabled parking bays, don't you? Yeah, yeah but but, but why, why, why Yeah,
2: but if they were illegally parked, why did every owner of those cars not get a ticket? That's an, um,
4: that's a question I can ask. That's a question for another
2: day. And is that still designated no, for camper vans? No, it's not? It's not, it's not.
4: it's not. designated
3: any further. And has the markings
2: away? been removed?
3: They yeah, have, yeah.
2: Well, the markings have been removed. Okay, Aaron, you I believe you came back to from last week.
3: I did, as I mentioned the, the Avenue Press covered the story. Yeah, um, in the. The, the paper Frank had said, well, I hope Aaron and Charlie come back and look at a new spot. So I said, let's do it sooner rather than later. So we came back Friday evening, myself and Charlie, in our b ambulance, and we went down the promenade. The video will be live this Friday on our YouTube channel. Great. And we stayed over Friday night. And I met Frank, and I have actually interviewed Frank for our podcast. And we stayed there. I was the only van there Friday night, Patricia. It was just me.
2: Andy, is, is it a better spot than the other car park? No.
3: Accessibility, yes. I, I say in my video, as I say, comes up Friday, I would much rather be in the car park. I would feel safer. This is on the main... Um, cars were zooming past there. It's a 50 kilometres on. They were passing me at 60, 65, right up until... At 9 o'clock Friday night, I was going home. I did not feel safe. And I say this in the video, but my wife, Deirdre, said... You can't. You've got to stay there to finish the video. So I reluctantly stayed, and I was afraid that I, was, I could have been rear-ended. It's, you know what? Location, location, location. It's a great location. It's a two-and-a-half-minute walk to the park, coffee shop, the Wimpy, a bar. However, it's a very fast road. Now, I did a poll on my Instagram at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I put up a photograph of my van parked, and I went, would you stay here? And 78%, no way, Jose, it's too dangerous. And one lady messaged me who has children and said, there is no way on this earth I would feel safe stopping there with children.
2: I was just going to bring up whatever about, you've got to keep an eye on Charlie the dog. I'm just yeah, thinking but for, he's for, on for, a for children. children aren't, yeah, yeah, Frank, do you need to look again oh, at this and at and this I, new I, I space?
4: Look, Patricia and listeners and... and uh, and I met Charlie as well, uh, and I met lots of local residents. And of that, we have given a commitment. This is only strictly a trial period. Management asked us to look at this because they are putting in improvements. walker leaders are enhancing the promenade, the footpath, the walk with uh, the grassy area and the seating, so it's going to be beautiful areas very near. As Charlie said, there, yeah, it's very, very near. Aaron, you know, Aaron. Are, but I if it's not, s-
2: but if it's not safe, I mean, if not Aaron safe. didn't feel safe
4: sleeping that if it's not safe we in the county council will look at at, at another site we've made a strictly strictly state mentioned that us we will do this on a trial period and a trial period that's the reason why we didn't put in water we didn't put in any other substances So, it's strictly yeah. on a on a trial period is uh, strictly on your overnight path in the meantime. So we, we we have looked at a couple of other sites and we've taken board on the other sites as ready. Okay,
2: and so like Aaron, Aaron you, you wouldn't recommend it, Aaron?
3: No, I, I in my video, I don't recommend it. I'll tell you what I'd recommend it for. If you're making your way from north of the country heading right down through Cork or Kerry and you're running late, pull in there. At least, where is used to, for my town management, they have given us facilities, parking spaces where we won't get ticketed. So, if you're making your way north of the country down south and you're running late, yes, pull in there, stay overnight, have a coffee in the morning and move on. But I couldn't see me saying to Deirdre, hey, come on, we'll go and we'll spend the day in Formoy, not to park there. And that's what
2: we want people to do. We want people to come. It's a great great town. We want people to come and visit.
3: I love it. The park was beautiful. The weather was beautiful. But in fairness to Frank, and as I say, I interview him for the Camping Crew podcast and for Charlie and me. He did say, my question was, if... Because it's, it's, it's only temporary. If it doesn't work out, is that it? Are you knocking it on the head? And in fairness, Frank said, and it finishes the interview, my goal is to get you guys' facilities to stay over and stay in our town of Frome, And that's what we want to hear councillors and management of town say. Okay, well done. Well we done. want to keep you in Frome, be it for one night or two nights. But unfortunately, thank you for my town management, but that's... That road is too busy in my opinion and 78% of my followers' opinion. Okay,
2: how long is, how long is the vlog going, um, Aaron?
3: Oh gosh, it's um, three years 368,000 yeah. views well 3,888 subscribers and we love it.
2: Charlie but, and me well worth well worth yeah, che- checking sure. if out. If you're
3: into camping yeah, at we at sure. yeah. and then we okay, have a podcast I, on a Wednesday called the, the Camping sure. Crew
4: Podcast.
2: Okay, Frank wants to come back yes, Frank? I want to thank
4: Aaron for that and thank him and I know that he'll brought to Mrs. John Lowden to you Quite a lot of people that want to come. It was a big issue in the past. My my, my main thing is to put in one that is safe. This is not suitable. We listen to the local residents, we listen to the people that use it. With management, we'll go back and look at another area. The most important thing is that we increase the footballing for, for our businesses for the restaurants and for the cafe and make about. for my an enjoyable occasion for our Tampa van twins who come to for my they the not go out loud and clear for my place is a place OK
2: Alright listen Aaron safe travels we'll speak to you again Thank and, you, and, Take uh, care. and if you want to check it out it is Charlie and uh, me on that's the YouTube channel and Frank just while I have you there I see you're making the front page of the examiner the Irish examiner uh, today and this is to do with the retrofitting of uh, uh, council houses. You feel that not enough has been done?
4: Patricia, we, we have a scheme that uh, we're looking we've got extra funding dish just shot the seven minutes. Um, everyone knows the high cost of, of of oil, of gas, of fuel, inflation going to the roof. Many, many people, especially people who've been in Council houses, they said, thank you. what is happening? Uh, smokeless coal is being banned from the first of September in our area. And I think we should, as a fast track, the rollout of improving, uh, whether there's insulation in the roof, the walls, the windows, and putting in air. Now, one good answer I got from the mention was in the Cochrane Council the last meeting, uh, going forward, it will be all air-to-water uh, heating systems. We are doing uh, probably about 70 or 80 houses now in North park It's far too slow, Patricia, far too slow, listeners. Uh, it's probably going to take about 10 years. The cost at the moment of heating, oil, gas, and um, timber Cold, it's the uh, I think that uh, council residents they cannot wait that long Yeah, there's that, a lot of el- el-
2: elderly people who feel the cold and yes. they expecting them to wait uh, 10 years uh, is crazy I thought Ian Doyle's uh, suggestion wasn't a bad one to look at fitting solar panels to the housing stock—that would be yeah, a quicker—that that would be a quicker solution.
4: That is one thing. But they say if solar panels off—they won't really heat the house. They'll do—they'll do the hot water and they'll do the bath and they'll do the cooking, they'll do the washing machine and, and facilities like that, and the dishwasher. But um, for heating houses, especially Ireland and North, when the months of October and the sun is there, but um, the solar panels are a success, and there is grant aid there, but there's also grant aid there for uh, um, uh, any uh, windows, the doors, and uh, the, the insulation. But uh, in the council houses, long them we have to put in the system that um, we're going away from smoky coal we're going away from wet and damp timber and the cost of heating, the cost of oil and the cost yeah, of that's gas crazy. Is the of the month.
2: That's why, so yeah, and that air to water system is the way to go but, but not if it's and, going to take 10 years to get through the housing stock
4: and I got the support of the Cox Council that the right to the Minister again, we have a fast that just ten years has far too long for people to wait. I think two to three would be more reasonable. So I um, the council colleagues of mine with management have agreed to write back again, increase the funding to ensure that the necessary improvements, including the at the water systems and, inter- and including the solar panels are put are quite a lot of new houses now that we uh, they also have the solar panels plus the the water.
2: Okay. All right, we leave it there, Frank. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you for
5: the show. good morning you
2: the show. to you. Good morning to you. That is uh, from Moy-based uh, Councillor Franco Flynn.
6: Court today on C103
5: with John Cusack. Insurances Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk; they walk the walk. CMIG.ie.
2: More and more Ukrainian refugees moving into towns and villages right across the country. Many local people are rallying to offer as much help and support as they can. Kerry O'Donoghue joins me this morning to talk about this. Sunflower Hub which is opened in the town of Middleton. Good morning to you, Kerry. Good morning Patricia how I'm, are you? I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. Have you many Ukrainian refugees in the area at this stage? Well
7: we don't know like there's not official numbers you know but yeah. we have the Sunflower Hub open in Middleton and we have had so many come through the door like that it's you know, it's overwhelming almost. And they're coming from everywhere. So it's not just the Middleton area. People are coming from like, from Moy, people are coming from Mitchellstown, people are coming from Yall. And then like, further than that, there's people coming down from some of the hotels in the city. We've had people come from Tremor and we've had people come as far as Shannon to us.
2: Goodness you know, me, so, goodness yeah. me. Okay, just outline for, to people how the Sunflower Hub, how it operates.
7: Yeah, so I suppose it's just a space in Middleton. So it looks like, for the world, it looks like a shop. And we wanted to, we were very conscious that we wanted to set it up like it looks like a shop to give, like, the people coming from Ukraine kind of, you know, the dignity that they are not rummaging through black bags, that they're not rummaging through boxes looking for stuff, but they're coming in and they can shop and they can choose what they want, you know. So it's packed with clothes, shoes, toiletries, sanitary products, baby equipment, there's some toys, you know, that kind of thing and it's set up and they come in and they just basically take whatever that they need for free without worry um, and it's all thanks to the like really really generous people who have donated to us when we put out the plea Um we got so many donations that we're not taking donations anymore like it's all set up it's all there and it's just the loveliest environment for people to come in and it's like all volunteers just helping, like it's just Irish people helping Ukrainian people that's and that's terrific. what it is.
2: And was it was it all local people who donated the items, Kerry?
7: Yeah, yeah, so it was myself and three school friends set it up so the four of us got together and we said how can we help, like, practically on the ground you know, like we weren't able to send out a truck, I wouldn't have had a clue how to do the logistics of organising that and there was other people that were really capable of doing that so we looked at, like, You know, if we had to take ourselves and our children in the morning and leave and go to another country, like, what is it that we'd need? And we just kind of said, okay, like, what are we we doing? And the four of us got together and we were like, you know, what we need at the end of the day is we need clothes, we need toiletries, we need shoes, we need, you know, a few toys for the kids. And that's what we did. And we put out the plea and it was all local people, like just like regular Joe's. up. we didn't even, like, we had the idea at the beginning that we'd get onto companies and we'd get, like, you know, in like things in that, like, volume and we just like it just it totally just took on legs and arms and, and it just grew and people were just so generous giving um of their items and then giving up their time you know because it took a lot of time to sort through all the clothes and to get everything set up nicely you know and yeah. do the rails and set up the shop say so we've half the unit is a shop and half the unit is the kind of storeroom you know but there's absolutely no money exchange or anything like that and um yeah it's lovely and we just get to meet the loveliest People coming from Ukraine, you know, like all ages, all walks of life. Um, it's
2: just lovely. It's such a positive place to be, and it's really nice. And for and I and, and I love the way you sat down with your school friends, and you know, what if God forbid this happened to us? What would we What would we need? Because many yeah. of these, and it is women and children predominantly that are arriving on our shores, yeah, literally left with very short notice. So you grabbed what you could. To yeah. put in a little trolley bag or to put into a rucksack. Like, it seems unbelievable then that you arrive in a different country with nothing.
7: Yeah. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And I suppose I have a 10 year old, a three year old. I mean, okay. I said. Busy house. If it was me. Yeah, it was really busy. But I said, if it was me, it would be our 10 year old would have to carry, I'd have to carry the two smallies, and our yeah. 10 year old would have to carry whatever it is we needed in the world. And I was like, this is unimaginable. Like, what would you even take? You know, so it was just real practical stuff that we have and people were just so generous and, like, when it comes to like anything that we need so we don't take donations anymore but we have on our Facebook page um, it's called the Sunflower Ukrainian Donation Hub on Facebook and every so often we put up then kind of like requests that we have you know sometimes we'll start running out of toiletries and yeah. sometimes we'll start running out of um, underwear and that's the kind of thing that people have to buy new you know and sometimes people are very happy you know they might have stuff at home to donate and they might be happy to go into pennies or they might be happy to run to the shop and buy some shampoo or whatever you know so like we're getting all those kind of things in as well. So it's just just brilliant. It's the practical things that you need to just initially get you set up in Ireland. And, you know, like we have this unit for three months, so we really want to just try and help as many people as we can in that short time.
2: Yeah, and please God we'll have a wonderful summer weather wise, which would be great. And of course the refugees have arrived in winter clothes and they need winter clothes when they've they've arrived. But there will be a need going forward for summer clothes for for many of them as well.
7: Yeah. Oh, like, and they've just—it it doesn't even matter if it's winter clothes that they've arrived. They've just arrived in an outfit. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. there wasn't room to pack spare clothes. And um, we've had people get onto us say, "Is there any chance you can just give us anything? We just need to wash the clothes we've on off."
2: Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. It's, it is—it is utterly heartbreaking. I read—it was uh, was it online or in the paper? I can't remember—a woman who uh, arrived into um, Dublin Airport. And the soles of her shoes had worn out from the walking that she had done. And it yeah. was the only pair of shoes, obviously, she had put bits in the bag. And, of course, again, as mothers, we'll put bits in the bag for the children. She, she yeah. never thought of putting in a spare pair of shoes for herself. But she literally, exactly. the sole of her shoe was gone. The poor woman, you just think what she has been through. And then to arrive into another country. And the sole of your shoe is gone. It's just. And are you, have you chatted with many of the refugees, um, Kerry? I mean, I saw, for example, I heard um, Mihal Martin talk about the sheer gratitude of the Ukrainian refugees when they arrive.
7: Oh, yeah. Like, it's lovely. Like, we, like, so the four of us are all working. So we're trying to do this around our own working schedules and whatever, and our own lives and things. So we're open on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday evenings, just from 6 until 8. And then we're open on Saturday mornings from 10 until 2. And from those hours, like, the place is just full of different Ukrainian people coming in, and we're talking to them, and then they're talking to each other, and they're sharing stories, and it's just, so lovely and yeah they're really really grateful and they're really grateful like the Sunflower Hub actually a hub you know so they're coming and they're getting their bit, but then they're also meeting other people and they're sharing their stories and they're hearing what's going on at home and it's just
2: lovely And that's so it's so it's important for them to meet up with their own country yeah. from their own country uh, as well and then I take it Kerry children attending local schools
7: Yes so yeah, children are attending local schools, and like the schools, have, like some of the local schools have gotten onto us and said, you know, like how can we help? Or you know, like there's a lovely school uniform shop have gotten in touch with us and said we can help out with school uniforms. Oh. And you know, it's lovely. And then uh, that's actually one of our appeals at the moment, is we were sh- looking for, we didn't have any school bags. We we're like, oh, actually, people are looking for school bags. You know, so that went up on our Facebook page. But we were like, oh, we're looking for school bags and school supplies. You know, so like we kind of didn't think of that. You know, that kind of way. So we had to ask, and then. Like, we just ask once and it comes and it drove then in the door. It's the most positive place. And then the people that are coming in getting the items, like, one lady said to us, she said that we have traveled a lot. Um, to get here but she said in other countries she said it really helped us out too she said Romania were brilliant and it was close, and they got Romanian Romania and things. but she said this has just got such a soul and a heart to it Ugh. so like the, the Ukrainian people can feel like the love from the Irish people you know and feel the kindness because that's just what it is it's just people being practical and people being kind
2: I can hear it in your voice you're getting a lot out of this Kerry
7: yeah we all are like it's just it's just so lovely to be able to help on a practical scale, you know, because we don't all have thousands to give to the Red Cross or we don't all have thousands to give to any cause. You know, so when you're just like down your hands and knees and you're rooting through the black bags for the good clothes and then you're putting them out on the rails and then you're helping mums and children coming in and getting clothes and finding items that they like, you know, as opposed to like anyone can give you a size medium jumper and you're going to wear it. Whereas if you picked out that jumper yourself on a rail, it means a lot more to
2: you. Yeah, and, and to make sure that it's going to fit. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just being handed something that might be three sizes too big or worse, it might be three sizes too small for you. It's terrific. And as you say, the generosity of Irish people yet again yeah. coming to the yeah, fore. Yeah,
7: once again. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, like people being generous with their donations but as well as that being generous with their time like I've met so many lovely Irish people who are living in the East Cork area that I never would have met before because they're coming in and they're volunteering their time to help out you know in the hub so it's lovely
2: Everyone's benefiting, everyone and yes, I think we're all yes. benefiting from having these refugees in our midst and, yes. and around us, uh, we, we really are okay. And they're so, such
7: an unbelievable skill set Patricia, like they're looking for work and they're really qualified you know like we're lucky to have them in our economy no and, and many like of them are.
2: In. Many of them are. And I know we, we. I was talking with a group who arrived in Botsvand, and when they, after their first night of getting a good night's sleep, on the next day they were asked, you know, what what do you most need? And all of them said jobs. Yeah, <laughs> they're desperate to work as well. They don't want to be living on social yeah. welfare. On social welfare. Okay. So your Facebook page is where? What's the Facebook our, address? Our, yeah, our Facebook page is called the Sunflower Ukrainian Donation Hub. Okay, so people can keep an eye on that. At the moment, you're not looking for mass donations of items, but they can, exactly. as, as needs come up, you'll, you'll put it up on your Facebook.
7: Exactly, and we just, I suppose, will appeal to people as well that if they know of a Ukrainian family living down the road, Either in a host family or either in like accommodation provided. Reach out and say to them, "Look, I heard about this place, the Sunflower Hub in Middleton. I'm free on Friday at that time. Will I bring you down?" Well done. You know, well because yeah. it's just so it's just an easy thing for you to do. Bring like one or two people down in your car. Let them pick out what they need, bring them back home, you know, help out a little bit more again. So, I there's like other people that are listening that are like, oh, there's a family, you know, down the road, or maybe there's people, you know, in that centre that I could help, like, too. like, just look at our Facebook page, see what time we're open, and bring them down.
2: Like, that's such a practical, easy way of helping. Well done. Well done. Continue. Good luck, Kerry. And we're always here. Please. If you want to put a shout out, you're looking for anything in particular, we'd be only too happy uh, to help you out. Please. But well done to you and everybody please involved please. in law. Thanks, Amelia. Good morning to Bye bye. What a bye. lovely lady. That is Kerry O'Donoghue in uh, Middleton in East Cork with that wonderful sunflower hub in Middleton.
5: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I've
2: had an email in from Martina to say that a hearing aid was found outside Dunstores in Mallow yesterday and uh, it can be collected from the parish Centre in Mallow. So if you heard of somebody who lost a hearing aid because if they were without the hearing aid, they might be able to hear us properly on the radio this morning. But it was found outside Dunstores in Mallow yesterday. Parish centre in Mallow, Martina, looking after that hearing aid. It'd be nice to get it back to its rightful owner. We were discussing Fromoi earlier on with regards to the campervan situation. But Aaron Birchall who came back a second time when he was able to get parking, and speaking highly about the lovely town that Fromoi is, well, that prompted Margaret in Glanmire to contact us to say she travelled from Glanmire to Formoy just last Saturday. They decided to go Moy to do a spot of shopping and she said it was such a pleasant experience. She got all of her shopping done. She was clothes shopping. Very happy with her purchases. Parking, she said, wasn't an issue. She said it was lovely to hear such positivity about Moy this morning as well, outside of what happened with the camper van situation initially when Aaron went to park there what you say, about three weeks ago. But then Oliver in South Cork says, what about camper vans that take up car park spaces? Some of those vans park and they end up taking more than one car park space because of the size of them. Oliver says it happens particularly in the town of Dungarvan. It also happens in Garrett's Town. So he says he doesn't know what they are on about. Well, I think what Aaron is on about on behalf of camper van owners is that every single town should have enough car camper van spaces dedicated campervan spaces that car owners are not allowed to park in and if we would more of those then we wouldn't have the situation of a campervan arriving in a town and there's nowhere for them to uh, park. Thank you for your call. We were talking with Kerry about what's happening in Middleton in hub that's been set up, the Sunflower Hub and just talking about the positivity that's out there for the Ukrainian uh, people. Fran has contacted us from Ardpatrick. Uh, good morning to you Fran. Good morning How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, first of all, you went to a concert in Buttovent on Saturday night. What was that concert?
8: Yes, I did. And well done to Suzanne Hines and all the people that organised it. It was and um, it was donation only. And it, um, you know, so literally nobody had to donate but everybody did for the Red Cross and uh, one of our lovely Ukrainian girls who staying in the convent in Botswana. She managed to recite the poem in English, and um, everybody, loads of people sang and played. It was beautiful. And um, I had um, Ukrainian guests staying with me from Wexford. They are refugees as well. And um, they. I'm not in a position to give a a, a proper, a permanent home to people because of the logistics of just one car and me and up in the mountains and fairly remote. um, But um, I've been teaching English voluntarily through Zoom to Ukrainians and um I met Sasha and her children online and they're in Wexford and we just stopped talking like you do and um she said her daughter loved horses. So I but she's only just started learning to ride in, in Ukraine in Kharkiv and um they they, they came. My friends in Wexford brought them to Clonmel and I met them there and brought them home and they stayed from Thursday till Sunday with me and we did lots of things, donkey sanctuary and riding and locker things that don't cost money picnics and so on and the concert in in, in Butterbund and other friends brought us all to their house for lunch and they were in floods of tears going ah. back yesterday because they had such a wonderful time and my whole point of this is that other people who who want to do something and can offer maybe even just a little bit of respite for them from where they're staying and things like that. Um, it's it, it's easy enough to do. It's not permanent, and, and it's so so appreciated. And you, what you give, you get back a hundredfold because of, of the appreciation and and. Um, uh, yeah,
2: just amazing. Uh, yeah, and that was one of the points I made when I was was talking with uh, Kerry O'Donoghue. Yeah, I heard from, and, yeah, and, I and you could you use. could you could hear it in her voice. Yeah, what, well, I what hope what you can hear it. In I, mind, I I one hundred percent can Fran. I and it is true. You get it back in bucket loads because it, it's always absolutely. better to give than to receive. We we all know that. But come here, I'm really interested in your teaching the Ukrainians English on Zoom. How did you get involved in that?
8: There's a Facebook page called Help Ukrainians in Ireland. Yeah. And um, I just did, and I just joined that group, and I just put up that I would be very happy to help do that because i i teach um um, spanish people and so on and i have students and things like that through um claudia jones in in donnerail and so that's how i started teaching online and um and um i just just you know put a post up and lots of them have contacted me and um and uh, it's, a, it's amazing what's going on behind the scenes yeah. because, um, like, Freya Guitars in Kerry, um, Anne and Rob, they sent a guitar up for Paulina for me, a little guitar, and she's taken that home and we posted it online of her playing it here. And then Anne contacted me again and said if I knew of any other Ukrainian people, they'd got... Um, Uh, 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 one of their own Freya guitars that was damaged in transit, but only very, very slightly. They'd love to donate it. So I've been teaching um, a, a girl who's got really good English. She's Ukrainian. She's in Listun Varna in the Hydra Hotel. And there's 199 other Ukrainians in there who maybe haven't got much English. So I've been doing lesson plans for her, to teach to her own people and um, of English lesson plans. And um, so I contacted her and I said, is there anyone in your hotel who would like a guitar? And she's not driving. She said, if I could drive, I'd be straight there. (laughs) So I
2: had to pick it up because they're mad for music. They're they're a very musical race. Absolutely. Yeah, they really and are. Yeah. She said this was
8: hilarious because I I told her to, for teaching them body parts and things like, because if you go to the doctor and you know you need to say heart and oh. what's wrong with you, and, uh, and so we were. I taught her how to play Simon Says, but only Daria says. So I then said, when you've got the guitar, you can do the Hokey Pokey with them. <laughs> <laughs> she said they'd love it. So, well done, well done. So well done. I contacted Anne and said I've a home for the guitar, and she's thrilled. And but there's so much going on and people doing lovely things that are completely not getting publicity we don't want publicity but it's it's easy
2: to help and easy to give if you have a mind to do it. That's it, that's it and as Micheál Martin said when he went to the Green Glens he said he was actually moved by the sheer gratitude of the Ukrainian people uh, be- because of what they were saying about they're just blown away by the cost of Irish people so it's, it really is great. So well done, well done uh, Fran and your, the, your little family in Wexford, do you think they'll be back to you again? Oh most definitely yeah. Your friends in the, for life in the
8: summer holidays, and uh, Rostislav, the um, Sasha's husband in Ukraine, he he speaks quite good English, and uh, he he had tears rolling down his face whilst holding his his rifle in his bulletproof gear, and and bombs. You could hear them going off in the background while he was talking to us, um, but tears rolling down his face of gratitude. Of, of
2: the kindness to his family well well done you well done you listen thanks for that Fran uh, stay safe thanks and do, do stay and, and stay in contact yeah and well done
8: to everyone in Botterham because they Sasha and, and her children
2: loved it Brilliant. Loved Brilliant. Okay, yeah. listen, thank you for that. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Good morning to you. 0818103103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862103103. C103 Jobs.
5: With Munster Technological University. Enhance your career prospects with MTU's range of full time, part time, and professional courses. Succeeding together with MTU.ie.
2: Permanent night duty position is available at St. Govnitz Nursing Home. 36 hours per week. The candidate must have tech Level 5. You email mora at st.govnitz at gmail.com for more details. Sales and marketing representative wanted for the North Cork area. 087 7566524 a part-time mechanic is wanted for O'Neill's Garage, that's in Bantry. Call Mike 087-946-0222. And the Corporate Court in Ballyhay, they're looking for waiting staff, mid-week availability essential. Call 63 one double six. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103.
6: Court today on C103.
5: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie.
2: Now, the Irish Kidney Association has urged the public to show their support for or- Donor Awareness Week, which runs right across this week. To talk about the importance of organ donation, I'm joined in the studio by Canturk man, Dennis O'Sullivan, who knows what it's like to receive an organ, but is also at the moment on the waiting list for a new kidney. And Dennis joins me to share his story. Good morning to you, Dennis. Good morning, And uh, it's a real pleasure to have you in studio. I Thanks suppose I need me. to take you back. What age were you when you first started to develop problems with your kidneys? Because you weren't born with
9: this issue. Um, well, I was born with an issue, but it went away. But it came back when I was in my 20s. Okay. So in my 20s, it came back again, and I got very sick, and I ended up on dialysis very quick, very rapid.
2: Like, you went you up in the hospital to be told you were in kidney
9: failure? Yeah. I went to hospital two or three hours, I was told I was in in stage kidney failure.
2: That must have come as a huge shock.
9: I got a shock initially. Well, I was so sick, I but when it kicked in, I got was a
2: shock. And you were what, 21 did I read? 21, yeah. 21.
9: 21. So your life changes completely? Definitely, yeah. My my home life, my work life, everything just gone downhill. So you had to then immediately go on dialysis? Yeah, yeah. That day I was on dialysis that day.
2: Did that mean then giving up
9: work? Yeah, give up work, give up lots of stuff. Um, my life, just give up my life, everything just stopped. Hit the pause and everything. I had to...
2: And then you started living life on dialysis and then you got what is probably 2010, the greatest gift
9: from your mother. Yeah, I got a kidney transplant in 2010. It was all arranged for me. Um, I went to Beaumont and got my kidney transplant, was out in a couple of weeks and back to normal living life again as I know it.
2: So dialysis gone then, your kidney's working fine. And of course your mother's fine because you can survive
9: very well on one kidney. So everything going well then until 2017? 2017 I caught a very bad infection. I actually caught TB over something that happened. And when I was in... I had to go to hospital so I I had to stop taking my anti-rejection medication because the TB medication wouldn't have worked. So ended up in kidney failure again.
2: And you knew when you'd stopped taking that medication, you knew what that meant, didn't you?
9: I know it is, yeah. so I stopped taking it about September and I was in on dialysis again in December. That quick. Yeah, so a couple of months I was on it again, yeah.
2: I Told me about you, you picked up T B, which seems incredible and you know, you, you you don't hear that often yeah. about people picking up T B. How unwell were you and what was the treatment like for that?
9: Um well, I suppose I was getting unwell for a bit with it. I didn't know I had it. I had it for a while. And uh, I suppose it was just the weight loss, getting sick. And eventually I just had to go to the hospital for a kidney check-up. And my nurse at the time taught me, Dennis, there's something wrong. We have to look further. And I was just put into hospital hospital and I didn't call for nine months. Nine months? Nine months, yeah. Where, where were you in hospital? I was in Tralee first and they moved me to CU Hedge.
2: Nine months, nine months, yeah, and that was getting the treatment for the, for the t- TB rather than, yeah, the exactly. secondary thing was the kidney. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah.
9: that was the smallest of it.
2: So, you in hospital then being treated for TB, and I, 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 what is the treatment
9: for TB? Uh, just antibiotics, medicine. Just I was pumped out, needles in my neck, my thighs, my groin, everywhere, my hands everywhere could, you, you could think of, there was a needle shoved into me to put an antibiotic into me. To were, get you, rid.
2: were you feeling very sick?
9: Oh, I was I was just there. I was just on the bed. Yeah. I couldn't do anything, you know.
2: And obviously then, from the December, you started having to then go for dialysis as well, did yeah, you?
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> I was supposed to, to be wheeled down.
2: Good. But look at you now. Oh, I like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you the other. So yeah. you've recovered from the. Yeah. Are you fully recovered from the TB now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fully gone. recovered from that. Yeah,
9: I am for the last three years now. It's gone completely. Okay. Yeah.
2: But then you came out of hospital and you were back to where you started yeah. almost. Talk to me about that. Was that very hard for you to have to get back into that routine again of dialysis?
9: Well, I got such a fright with the TB. Doctors come in saying that I mightn't make it. I kind of just dealt with the dialysis in as I went along. And the staff where I go, I go for dialysis in Tralee County Kerry, even though I'm a Corkman. Um, They're very nice to me and they got me through a lot. And so my family, my partner and kids. So yeah. I'm grateful for all that
2: yeah you you come across as so positive even yeah, with everything you have with everything to that 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 has happened, so then life on dialysis I know when you finish up at the interview here you get in you drive yourself you'll get into your car yeah and you'll drive back to chile. Talk us through the process then of dialysis what, what what does that entail?
9: so I just go in, the nurse gives me my station, I just lie in the bed uh the nurse come over, hook me up to the machine, and basically i just Lie there, sit there for the four hours, 15 minutes until my blood is uh, treated. And the toxins that I built up over the weekend, that treatment will get rid of it completely for me. And basically, I'll just come out, sit into my car, and go home again.
2: Do you feel different after it?
9: Oh, definitely feel better. Doing? Yeah, Do definitely. Oh, like, no, when kind of two cylinders, I have three, but after that, I'll be fully, I'll be fine. Yeah. You know?
2: And it's Monday, Wednesday and Friday.
9: Yeah. For mm. four and a quarter hours. Four and a quarter hours, yeah.
2: And what's the car journey there and back?
9: About 50 minutes.
2: So an hour each. Yeah, um, an hour
9: each way, yeah. And each so about six and, six and a half hours.
2: So that's Monday, Wednesday and Friday of every week Go
9: yeah. Yeah, gone. Yeah, gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Tuesday, Thursday, then you're kind of recuperating after the Monday. You get me? Yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Sunday's the only day I kind of have, you know... Like, you are better, but you're just a little bit tired after the journey and yeah. stuck to the machine for four and a half, four and a quarter hours. And do you, how how do you wind away the four and a quarter hours? Uh, my phone, <laughs> looking at my podcasts of c three. Hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, right, answered, Ellis, <laughs> <a> right answer, Dennis, right answer. That's all we Can really you mean. sleep? Yeah, you sleep now and again, but I have good friends back there. Do you? Yeah, I got uh, one good friend of mine back there, she's 92. Her name is Mary, and the two of us just have the best fun. She's like a 20-year-old.
2: Well, she's on dialysis she's as well. She's on dialysis she well, as well. Go oh, on, Mary. <laughs> yeah, Mary,
9: Mary, Mary Glacier, just yeah. in case she's listed. Yeah, you know?
2: and you, you you chat away.
9: Yeah.
2: and Because uh, obviously you did all this during COVID time, so there would be yeah. no nobody, you, you can't bring somebody with you or oh anything. God, no, 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 none no, of that. No,
9: no. No. no, so just all of us patients and nurses, you know.
2: And do you get something to eat during it.
9: Yeah, you get your tea, your oh, toast. You? Yeah, <laughs> you get <laughs> a little dessert, a <laughs> little bit apple tart. Oh, they look oh, after yeah. you. They look oh, yeah, after definitely. you like that.
2: And then when you're on dialysis, the other one is fluids. You've got to watch the amount yeah, of fluids.
9: Yeah, So basically, you're allowed. I'm allowed a liter between sessions. So, like from Friday evening, I left till today. I was allowed to drink two liters. From Friday
2: evening to, to Monday afternoon.
9: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I've a liter Saturday and a liter Sunday. That's and do
2: you literally measure that out?
9: I kind of at it so long now. I just, you know. I just know, yeah. I got a special cup. Yeah. And I don't I want I drink so much of that a day. Or keep a lira bottle in the fridge. So that's what happens. So, so. the
2: endless cups of coffee that I drink would be a not, no, 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 no. Definitely not. No.
9: Definitely, definitely not. No. And
2: this is now going to sound like a really stupid question.
3: To get started, visit plushcarecom weight loss. That's plushcarecom weight loss.
2: Can you go for a pint? No. No.
9: Definitely not. Do you miss that? Uh, I do, yeah. I miss the f- bit of fun with my friends or my brother. I just go for a pint my brother Mark. Um, can't do that anymore, I would like to you know. But I'll go again. Yeah, of course. I'm you hopeful that a transplant will come and I go. Again and I'll have now, me are you are you on the transplant li- list? I'm going to Dublin in the next. I was told last Wednesday I'm going to Dublin, maybe in about a month's time to meet the transplant surgeons, and I'll be going on the listing. Okay, you feel so you you feel you're ready for i I'm the, the the my consultant down in Chile. He's works some out of Cork, but he comes to Chile Wednesday to see us. He taught me I'm ready for the. Okay.
2: now is that the, the will you go on the list waiting for a one to become available or is there any chance of a living
9: another yeah there's a know? chance of a living too I have a lot is of family there? members that taught me that they'd go forward but I have to think about that too and you know they got kids as well so will it, when that time pops up I'll I'll work on that But I'll go on the list and see what happens, hopefully, for a while. You never know. You'll get the phone call any time. Yeah, yeah. You know. Listen, I've
2: interviewed enough people over the years. That's exactly what happened. And and in some one particular case I'm thinking of, it was a liver transplant that went literally down to the wire and suddenly a liver became uh, available. But that's what this week is all about. This is Organ Donor Awareness Week. Yeah. And the need, Dennis, for all of us
9: to carry... And sign up for organ donation. Yeah, it's so important for people just just to sign up for organ donation because, like, you could be saving someone's life, you know. And it's so easy to do it. Like, you just, you can get a donor card anywhere. You can text donor to five hundred five O, or you can download it or you can ring the IKA and they'll send it to you. But It's just so important to... I can't yeah, emphasise yeah, enough home and, and,
2: and the other important part too, is Dennis is you need to chat with your family
9: definitely and make them aware of your wishes definitely yeah, yeah, you need to talk to your family sit them down I did it before. I didn't do it this time yet but the last time I was on it I sat them out around the table at home and I just talked to them and like I didn't push anyone and just told them if any of you like feel like to come forward to get tested to help me out and give me a kidney you can or at least if that's not what you want then Tick your license or get your organ donation card, and you know, mm-hmm. can't take it with you. Yeah, you that's can. That's the thing. Yeah, you that's know? Ab- ab- absolutely it. And if you can save a life, why not?
2: And are you working at the moment? Not at the moment, no. Trish. No, no, you can't, no, obviously. No. With
9: But I have a job waiting for me when I'm Do finished, you? all this, yeah. Do you? My previous employer down in uh, i and going back again, so.
2: Brilliant. And what 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 did you do before just this?
9: Just in uh, t- 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 trucks. Trucks. All driving trucks and. Oh, right. oh, God, there's a logistics. Just, and there's work. There's yeah, there not There, yeah, there yeah.
2: there's work, and you've got you you've two smallies. Have you? One of your children?
9: Yeah. Uh, Emily is six, nearly six, and Katie is nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. All and right. they keep me going. Do they? And my partner Elizabeth. Kill me now, yes. she'd probably hear me. They keep me going.
2: <laughs> well, and then the long-term plan after you get the kidney. What, 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 what's? Is, have you a bucket list? Have you things that you can? When Monday, Wednesday, and Friday suddenly become yours, you're back at work again, and life returns
9: to normal. Um, Do you want to go for the pint with your brother? That's definitely an important I want to go for a pint with my brother. I want to go for uh, a meal with herself. Yeah. I want to take my kids maybe on a holiday away for a week, that I don't have to worry about hospitals and all this. And uh, if I get that far, I'd be very happy
2: holidays are an issue have you been able to get away
9: no not really no. no no. you can go to you can swap your slot like I could go to Dublin and get dialysis in Dublin or Watford or Limerick but you'll have to go to the kidney house in that jurisdiction if you get me
2: yeah and then Liz is on her own with the kids while you're Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And,
9: yeah. Gone to, and gone to dialysis then yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. listen you're you're an incredible um, man Dennis and we wish you nothing but luck and Thank we hope that much. You get on that list, and that a kidney becomes available. But for everybody else, the, the imps, please contact the Irish Kidney Association www.ika.ie. This week, more than ever, it's been Organ Donation Awareness uh, Week. Dennis O'Sullivan from Cork. A real pleasure to have had you in the studio. Thank you very much Thanks for, for joining Richard. us.
5: Thank
6: you. Court today on C103
5: with John Cusack. Insurances Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk; they walk the walk. See A
2: lot of your texts and comments uh, coming into the programme this morning. Let me just look at there was one in that made me smile from a breather in Mallow to say, Patricia, I had to stop doing what I was doing. We stopped her dead in her tracks and I don't know whether to laugh or or cry at the reply that you got from Councillor Franco Flynn in Formoy regarding why didn't those cars that were parked illegally in the camper van space why they didn't get a ticket. Breida says at the end of the day laws are laws. It's the same she says as the bridge in Mallow town. The yellow boxes are not being respected. The new curbside is already broken. I actually witnessed a lorry Drive up over it last week. Why? Because the cars were in the yellow boxes rant over and that's from Breather in mallow thank you for that uh, Breather. and anyone who knows mallow town and knows the bridge in mallow there's a very large yellow box there and i would say 9 out of 10 times when i approach that yellow box there will be somebody in the yellow box i don't know what it is i just is there something about yellow boxes that people simply don't respect you'll see them in other areas And nobody will go near the yellow box because the idea of the yellow box, and it's one of those things that I remember when we were all learning to drive, you don't enter the yellow box unless your exit is free and you can get out the other side. But that does not stop people from getting into the yellow box. The frustration with the actual, the Mallow Bridge that uh, Breathe is talking about and why people do it is because of this I don't know whether it's to do with the sequencing of the lights or whether it's to do with the fact that people block up that yellow box then the lights change and the people coming the other way say coming from the Park Road can't then move on because everybody is in the yellow box and they can't move on so then when the yellow box become free Everybody coming over from the park road decides well the other said it 's so a we 're going to do it, and it is just an ongoing saga. So I sense your frustration i don 't know if anyone has ever been fined and convicted by a member of Angar the for driving into a yellow box or not, if anybody has heard or if indeed it happened to you, somebody using a, a yellow box using it incorrectly. Did you ever hear of anybody being fined for it? Let us know. I'd love to hear if anybody has heard of somebody who was fined. 0818 103 103. And actually, while well, I was also in with Councillor Franco Flynn, I just uh, asked him about the retrofitting of council houses because it's a story actually that's making the front page of the Examiner. And Franco Flynn was bringing it up that council houses that need to be retrofitted and brought up to make them warmer houses for people and the idea behind it is then that it should be cheaper for people to heat their houses if they have all been retrofitted but it's looking like because of again I'm assuming the size of the Cork County Council the amount of houses that they have it could be anything up to 10 years before all the houses are retrofitted and if you're asking an older person who's living in a very cold house Asking them to wait ten years is just absolutely ridiculous. And he was talking about the air to, air to water, is is that what it's called? It's it's deemed the most efficient way of heating the houses. Well, somebody says, Patricia, I disagree. I have a friend who has an air-to-water system installed in her council house. She's crying every week with the cost of it. She's a two-bedded house, so it a huge, big house. It doesn't even heat it. It takes the cold out of the house But then the house is cold again. The council took the fire out before she moved in because, yeah, when a lot of that retrofitting goes on, the whole idea of putting in those systems is to stop people burning solid wood fuel. So there's somebody who doesn't think that it is such a good idea. 0818 103 103. And then I mentioned that the housing minister is looking at housing here in this country and in particular is this is to house the refugees and Daryl O'Brien is bringing a memo to Cabinet. I think I said he's doing it tomorrow and what he is doing is he is, will be getting on to all of the local authorities around the country and he's asking them to look at their empty council properties, the so-called voids that we often hear mention of, boarded up council houses. And darrell O'Brien is saying to them, you need to look at, get back to the housing minister, with the number of voids that you have in your council area and also the extent of work that's needed. Some of them might not need a lot of work, but some of the properties, if particularly if they've been locked up for quite some time, they may need extensive work and how quickly can you get that work done. But this is part of the plan to house the Ukrainian refugees. Many of them are staying in hotels at the moment. That's very costly on the state to have people staying in hotels and that's never the long term. Staying in hotels has always been sort of the short term, the emergency accommodation and the idea is that they'll move out of the hotels and that they'll move into properties that are available and so now Daryl O'Brien is saying to the council look at your properties and what do you have available that's prompted a number of people when I mentioned that this morning to be very very annoyed because it also it, it also is looking like that the council are going to be told to buy there'll be an ex, what's called an expanded acquisition programme where local authorities will have greater flexibility to acquire certain homes so we take it from that to buy certain homes not everybody is is happy about that. So um, uh, let me just give you some of the comments. Um, uh, Hi Patricia it never ceases to amaze me how out of touch this government can be. Do they not realise that over 60% of people in this country who are the voters of those same politicians have clearly stated as have economists that we need to put a cap on the number of refugees coming into this country. We can barely accommodate what we have not to mind adding to what is already a dire situation when it comes to housing. Do they not realise as accommodation squeezes up And prices started rising, thanks to Dara O'Brien, now going to allow councils to buy property with our money, which they seem to treat as monopoly money. All that's going to do is drive prices out of control for people who are trying to get on the property ladder. Also, we see in Waterford, unless people are dying, there's no hospital or help for them. What is this going to do? Only create a very huge divide The them versus us, which is never, ever a good thing. We all deserve better than that. Thanking you, uh, Patricia. That's from, there's no name on on that because there was a poll out, wasn't there, at the weekend. uh, And the majority of people in this country feel that we should have a cap on the number of people the number of refugees that we allow in. But I revert back to what I mentioned earlier, which was Micheál Martin on his trip to Mill Street over the weekend. And when he was quizzed and asked about this, he was very, very clear that he has ruled out a cap on the number of Ukrainian refugees arriving in uh, Ireland. And he said the government's priority will remain doing its best to offer humanitarian help for civilians who are fleeing the Russian invasion. And and I know I heard him also go on to explain that, you know, we're part of we here in Ireland are part of the European wide response. We're a member of the EU, so there are certain we have certain obligations as to how many that we must bring in, but he is adamant that we are not going to put a cap on the number of refugees into this country. O eight one eight one oh three one oh three. Now let me move to a completely different topic, and this is to do with uh, Ed Sheeran yeah okay Ed Sheeran you, you you probably would have heard over the weekend did two gigs in uh, Cork Park over the weekend kicking off his world answer sure for many of us here in Cork that's where he's coming next next weekend they were just the warm up gigs the big event is going to be his two nights in Cork Michelle joins me because she's in a bit of a pickle and a bit of a dilemma about her Ed Sheeran tickets good morning to you Michelle Hi Patricia, how are you, you? I'm very well. Now, you have five tickets for Ed's concert on Thursday, the first one here in Cork on Thursday night. Who are the tickets for?
10: So, uh, five tickets, uh, we bought them, myself and my husband bought them uh, to bring our three children to the concert there. are message, Ed Sheeran fans and they were, it was a surprise for them and it would be it would have been our first concert together. So we were really looking forward to it, but unfortunately I just realized since last night that I can't bring the three
2: kids into the standing area as they're under fourteen. So very disappointing. I'm hoping. out there might be able to help. Your children are seven, nine and eleven. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And it clearly states that the standing tickets you've got to be over fourteen.
10: It does say that, yeah. When I when I booked them I think I'll have seating tickets picked. And I think there was a little bit of a glitch on the system. I lost the ticket. And then I just kind of went for the first available, which happened to be standing. And and I didn't cop it at the time, to be honest. So, Uh, very uh, excited to get the ticket.
2: I know, I
10: know. Unfortunately, this is, you know, this is what happened.
2: And I know that panic when you're on a website trying to book tickets when it yeah. seems like half the country are on the same website trying to book the tickets and in the Absolutely. panic, you don't read the small print. Okay, exactly, yeah. did you get on to Ticketmaster?
10: I did. I, I tried to contact them. You, you, there doesn't seem to be anybody you can ring anymore, so I, I emailed them. I tried to contact them through Facebook. I tried. I tried it last night and I just got an automated response. So I tried again this morning to see if I could actually speak to somebody about it. So I got an email this morning saying they can't offer exchanges unless the event is cancelled, um, and that's in line with the agreement they have with the venue and event organisers. So they're saying there's nothing that they can do.
2: So ideally, if we had somebody who has five seated tickets who would be willing to do a swap, is the yeah. would be the ideal. Now I, I, that's. Uh, it's probably a long shot, but let's put it out there. In the meantime, um, John Paul, I'm I'm assuming behind the scenes we'll get on to Aiken uh, promotion as well and see if anything can be done. Because as far as I know, are there? St- I know there's still v- tickets available for Friday night. Are there still tickets available for Thursday night? There is. I checked the is website, there? and okay. there is actually in the stand that uh, we could get five tickets together in the stand. But you'd have to re-buy five tickets and lose exactly, which isn't an option for us, Patricia.
10: Yes,
0: yeah. like
2: we were, you know, we were very excited day
10: that we could, you know, go there on Thursday. But it's not an option to buy another five
2: us. Yeah, they're not. They're not the cheapest tickets no, under, under the sun uh, either. D- are the children aware of the dilemma you've discovered?
10: They're they're not aware of it. They were asking at the weekend to win a the Ed Sheeran concert, and I think they they. I think they may have heard kind of a little bit of, of what was going on but they don't know to be said what's going on. They were just, I don't think they, they might have heard us talking about it so they kind of asked women to come sit on wondering what was happening, you know, so we haven't told them yet.
2: And I'm assuming the under 14 rule is, is, is it a safety issue or what? what is it? Um, I don't know, to be honest. It, it said, when I
10: when I read the, and I looked kind of to see about, the ticket, it did say under 16 has to be accompanied by an adult. So Yeah, yeah but you were covered with that. Yeah, I guess people yeah. we'll see you on the under fourteen
2: parts. So I don't know why why that is. And I and also there's another bit of that again, it goes back to people trying to book as quickly as possible because you're trying to secure the tickets so we don't read all the small print. Okay. I'm hearing of other people who purchased, particularly adults, parents who purchased tickets for children, maybe, you know, adult children. Mm-hmm. The the person on the credit card has to be present to walk into and that's going to catch uh, people as well. Okay. Listen Michelle, we've put it out there first. Has five tickets for Ed Sheeran on Thursday night that you'd be willing to swap seating for standing. It will be Fantastic. if you'd be willing to do that and failing that we'll try and get on to Aiken and on to Ticketmaster and see if we can do anything for you. So keep your, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you, uh, Michelle. OK, and listen, um, hang in there. Hang in there. There's a few days Thanks. to go. <laughs> All right, take <laughs> care. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, fingers and toes crossed indeed. All right, um, we'll, we'll see if we can sort something out uh, there. But it's a warning to anybody else who has booked if you've got standing tickets uh, children under 14 are not allowed into the standing area.
5: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: Some reaction to my chat with Dennis O'Sullivan in the last hour because this is Donor Awareness uh, Week and lots of people I have to say just wanting to wish Dennis all the very best. It's a really really tough thing to have to live on dialysis and I'm very conscious and aware that he's got a young family you know two young two little girls you know it's really really hard on family it isn't just the person who's getting the dialysis obviously it's tough on them but it's also tough on their entire family and uh, lots of people just wanting to wish him well and people really hoping and praying that he gets onto that transplant list really quickly And that uh, a kidney becomes available and then life can return to normal for uh, Dennis. Carol to our C103 Facebook page says, hopefully Dennis will get back on that list. I was on a transplant list for many, many years, but two years ago I had to come off it because I became unwell. I'm since good again and I, like Dennis, am waiting to get back on the list. Uh, Carol says I've been on dialysis for 27 years and uh, this will be if please God when she gets her kidney it'll be her first kidney donation and Carol hopefully that will come sooner rather than later and Cathy in for Moy also a dialysis uh, patient. She at CUH for dialysis three times a week, similar to Dennis, except Dennis goes back to Tralee General Hospital for his. And Cathy says, the staff at the dialysis unit in CUH are excellent. And, but she said she was listening with interest to me talk to Dennis. And I mentioned about holidays and would he be able to get away on holidays. And, and she says, it is important to point out to people that if for those living on dialysis, you can go away on a far, foreign holiday. You just need to arrange with whoever deals with your dialysis or whatever country you're going to. They can arrange dialysis for you when you're away and obviously then you need to find accommodation which is close by the hospital and obviously our Cathy Infamoy has done this and particularly Aer Lingus are fantastic. She said she was returning the last time from an overseas trip and she was so, so tired, exhausted. She said the flight attendants, t- flight attendants on the Aer Lingus flight. were obviously aware of what was going on in uh, Cathy's life uh, she said they just could not do enough for her and they looked after her so well you also for anybody who wants to do a staycation in, in Ireland that's also possible the person just organises your di- whoever organises your dialysis will arrange for you to get dialysis wherever near you were staying and, and I asked and Dennis in fairness did uh, say that but he just hasn't availed of it and I think it's the fact two young children he'd be gone you know from the bulk of the day away uh, you know and that leaves Liz his partner then looking after the smallies so I think that's probably one of the reasons for it as well but please God if he gets his new kidney and actually when we finished the interview and we the microphones were off I made him promise I said when you get your kidney and it's not if I said it's when you get your kidney you're to come back in here and talk to us about what life is like and he's promised that he will so we look forward to that day of welcoming Dennis back into studio when life will return to normal for him uh, but thank you to as I say so many people wanting to wish Dennis, all the very best. 0818 103 103. Jackie was on to us earlier this morning to say she went to Donnerell Park yesterday and she said it is such a beautiful park and so very, very scenic. Those of us that use Donerel Park will know it really is gorgeous. If you've never been there, I would say put it on your list of things to do, particularly during the summertime. Gorgeous walks are there as well. and There's nowhere better to be on a fine summer's day. Anyway, Jackie went yesterday and weather-wise yesterday wasn't a bad day so she decided she'd take herself off to Donna Rail Park. She needed to go to the toilet. So she went to the public toilet in the park and she said, oh my God, she said it looked like it hasn't been cleaned for a good while. She said the taps are black around them. One toilet was completely blocked with toilet paper. There was also a drain in the toilet that was blocked. She said she then watched people walk into the toilet and they walked straight out again when they saw the state of it. She thought it was embarrassing, particularly when she saw some tourists. There were some overseas tourists there who were paying a visit to Donnerale Park just walking in and walking out again. Alright, the o- that's the OPW. They are responsible for Donnerale Park. We'll see if we can get on to the OPW to find out. I mean, uh, those public toilets they would need to be certainly on a weekend and certainly we just after coming off the back of easter would have been busy out there We're going into the busiest time, even though Donera Park is busy all year round. But you would imagine that those toilets would need to be cleaned. I would be even saying even more than once a day at at very busy times. We get on to the OPW and we'll see what they have to say about what is the regime for the cleaning of the uh, toilets. And there's nothing worse if you go into a toilet and it's completely blocked up with uh, toilet paper that then needs a plumber obviously to come in and uh, sort it out. So Jackie, uh, that's very very disappointing to hear. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. And then a huge amount of people commenting on housing and social housing and council housing with the news that I mentioned this morning that darrell brown the housing minister, is bringing a number of options to Cabinet tomorrow on what he's calling medium and long-term housing options in response to the refugee crisis. And it seems that he is going to get on to all of the local authorities around the country uh, to take a look at their VOIDS programme, get them to identify how many vacant social houses they have and how many of them can be brought back into use ASAP. As I say, huge amount of reaction to this. Joe in Kilmallock uh, says there are a number of houses where Joe lives in the Kilmallock area that are left idle. They are these so-called voids. Now Joe said that he's personally been on to the council but he said nothing's ever been done about it. These houses could have been used but they've been lying idle for years. So Joe, keep a close eye on them now and see will they get turned around and will they be opened up now with what the housing minister is doing and let us know if you see any movement on those houses. Tim in Clonakilty says that while I welcome the council, our and what they will do in reopening up these idle council houses can I ask the question please why they could not have been looked at before now we do have a housing crisis in this country why is it only when the Ukrainian refugees arrive, in, arrive to our shores that suddenly we are going to look at them why were they not looked at all along it's a bit unfair to those who have reported these empty houses a little bit like Joe in Kilmalik who said he's reported, reported it and nothing has been Uh, done. Also, Tim in Clannacilty said, I think it's a bit rich that they can be done now but over the last few years when people were desperately waiting on housing lists that nothing was done about them. Catherine in Newmarket says I thought the council did not have many of these empty houses and did not have many boarded up houses she said every time I've heard conversations on your programme and the issue of voids get, gets mentioned whenever there's a council around they will always say we are very few of them all of the voids have been you know worked on on the houses and they have been Opened up and they have been rented out to people on the council waiting list. So, Catherine's going to be interested to see how many of these houses will local authorities report back to the housing minister. Now, maybe the housing minister is wrong. Maybe the housing minister thinks that there's more of these houses than there actually are. Only time will tell on that one. Uh, But certainly, we are hearing from people who are aware of the towns where they live, that there are boarded up houses. John is in White's Cross, says what are the council and what have what the councils and all of the housing ministers been doing for the past 10 years? So many Irish people are looking for homes. Now, suddenly these houses are going to become available and Ukrainian refugees will be moved into. too. Um, also at the moment Ukrainian refugees staying in hotels. Surely this is a huge cash cow for hotel owners. Yeah, of course it is it's an absolute cash cow for the hotel owners but like that's what hotels do they offer beds for people and I know and I have been hearing and we actually did it a couple of weeks ago on the programme here I had bookings for hotels subsequently getting a phone call from the hotel to say they're cancelling the booking because the hotels are now being used solely to house refugees and I know that's really causing an annoyance uh, for some people and I think that could become a bigger issue as we go into the summer months because if people have holidays booked and suddenly they're going to get a phone call to say sorry I can't accommodate you or if you're going the last time we dealt with it remember it was a man who tried to go to Limerick from West Cork wasn't it it was his daughter was graduating and like within 48 hours I think he got an email I think the graduation was on a Friday and he got the email he woke up to the email I think it was on Wednesday morning to say that the, the hotel had cancelled and he was finding it desperately hard to get more accommodation and that will happen if there's concerts on or it's a busy maybe a bank holiday weekend or, or whatever so there is going to be problems with hotels and it's an expensive way for the government to house the Ukrainian refugees that's why they're doing everything that they can like that, getting onto the councils to say, have you any empty properties? You know, get them, get those voids, get those boarded up windows, those boards taken down, and those houses sorted out, because it would be a much cheaper option for the government to have the refugees in houses than it will be to have them in uh, in hotels. So, but uh, listen, I'm not here to knock the hotel owners. That's hotels have beds that they need to put people in in order to make money to keep the hotels uh, going. John is in Cove, says, are we not a very hypocritical country? We are helping refugees. How many Irish are looking for accommodation but cannot find it? Is it a case of we're leaving our own out on the road and looking after refugees? Well, You know, I don't. I really don't agree. I don't think that's what we're doing. John, I think what we're doing is we are trying to offer refuge to people who are fleeing for their lives. No one can ever uh, take away from that. And I mean, some of them will be coming in Certainly in the coming weeks, and they'll end up having to stay in tents. Because we're not going to have enough accommodation, I think the government are accepting now that we're going to run out of hotel spaces and the emergency accommodation. The places like Mill Street, the Queen Glens Arena, that's been used. We are, we're going to run out of spaces, and of course, when we do run out of spaces, the next option then is going to be camp beds in tents. But I heard a Ukrainian saying that if you asked any Ukrainian, would they prefer to be on a camp bed in a tent in Ireland? Are in a bunker in Mariupol. There's, there's no choice. They of course will take the camp beds. They, they just, they want to be safe. So let's, let's not forget that that they are fleeing a wartime uh, situation. Thank you for your call, uh, John. Okay, uh, Hi, uh, Patricia. There are Ukrainians staying in West Cork. Some of them have already started jobs, and yet they're staying in hotels. Surely, now that they are working, they should be paying for their own accommodation. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on this. I don't know what this situation there is. I know that when the re- refugees arrive, they're given a PPS number, which means then they've got ac- access for the children to go to school, they have access to medical cards to go see a doctor. Or to God forbid they need to end up in hospital but they also have access to social welfare payment but obviously as soon as they start working they lose the social welfare payment and then they start paying uh, tax the same as everybody else. I, I simply don't know the answer to that. If they're in a hotel, remember the hotels have all have, are meant to be short stay so they would then be getting accommodation. But I don't know if they're actually working full time. Do they then pay? I mean, you couldn't, they wouldn't be able to afford unless they got a very, very highly paid job. They certainly wouldn't be able to afford to live in a hotel and go to work at the same time. So I I simply don't know the answer. I'll see if we can find out uh, the answer on that. And then on the council's been asked to release any voids that they have somebody said Patricia does that mean that the council now will offer houses that were done up by previous tenants and that they won't bring them back to council regulation and I know that drives people nuts when they hear of gorgeous houses they were initially council houses somebody lived in in them for a number of years did some work themselves on the house, house then moved on to another property and when the council was handed back the house the workmen moved in and they stripped out maybe if there was wardrobes to put in or new kitchens or whatever and they bring it back to the condition that it was and the type of t- type of you know fitted furniture that was in it when they, it was initially let out and people get really really annoyed about that so uh, yeah I'm assuming if they're going to speed up the process that probably is what they will do and hi Patricia this is by WhatsApp what about our own people living in hotels we've got family uh, who are homeless and have been living in hotels for many many months oh god we've seen them on enough television programmes are they all been forgotten about should we not be housing our own first do others agree with that again i go back to and i'm really slow to say how's our own first when you think of what these people are fleeing from they are fleeing for their lives they are and they're not None of them are coming here permanently. They, you ask any of them, they want to go home as soon as they can. But unfortunately, we need Putin to stop doing what he's doing. And we need the war to end 0818 103 103. And on heat pumps that we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the retrofitting of council houses, and the problem that we have that it could take up to ten years for the council to retrofit all of the homes. And it's this air-to-water system is the preferred option because it's meant to be the best and it's meant to be the most the most environmentally friendly heating system that is available. But if we do the air-to-water system on all of the council houses that require it, it could take ten years on the current stock of houses that we have. And then one listener was on to say that her friend got this, the council put in this air to water and one friend, she said to her friend is broke with the cost of it, that it isn't the cheapest way to heat your home. John says, Patricia, how can heat pumps, and that's obviously what the air-to-water system is, a heat pump, how can heat pumps be cheaper to run now that electricity prices are soaring and and we're promised increases again before year end and the output of heat pumps is 40% lower than oil or gas, says John and there's obviously somebody in the know because the listener who said their friend got it in felt that they couldn't heat the house properly but John makes a good point the heat the air to heat or the heat pumps they run on electricity and you know we're all being told to try to reduce our electricity and be mindful of how we're using our electricity because of the size of the bills that we're going to be getting in We had a bit of a cushion on the last bill because of the 200 euro from the government but we're not going to have that cushion in two months time we're going to a lot of people are going to have very very expensive electricity costs and John is right if that's the only way of heating your home that of course is going to go up as well. Thank you for that John. 62103
5: 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie.
2: General Active Retirement Group they are meeting this afternoon half past 3. It's in the presentation Pastoral Centre and it'll be followed by flower arrangement with Mary St Ledger. Cancer Connect. They're looking for voluntary drivers across Cork County. Information meetings will be held tomorrow, Tuesday, at eleven a.m. in the Munster Arms Hotel in Bandon, and at eight p.m. tomorrow night in the West Lodge Hotel in Bantry. Everybody's welcome to go along and there'll be plenty of time for questions and answers. Shambali Moore Bingo is on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. They'll have a jackpot of €1,750 euro. that'll be in 45 calls or less. Everyone is welcome, and your support would be much appreciated. And Dukas Tonakilty Heritage Group will hold their final lecture of the current season. They're continuing to do it via Zoom. It's on Thursday of this week at half past eight, Garda Tom Daly will speak on the centenary of Angarda Corner, a uniquely Irish experiment in policing. Anybody interested, you must pre-register. Details are available on the Duke of Heritage Facebook page.
5: Court
6: today on C103.
5: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. promoter motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie.
2: Before we go to Annalise, let me wrap up on some of your- your questions and comments uh, coming in. Uh, here is, is, there a name on this, there is there is not time, Patricia. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Hi. And hands up to JP. He did a great job. Ah, see, I always leave the job, in the, I always leave the programme in very capable hands of our John Paul, that's for sure. Could you put this out there, please? Has anybody lately bought Jay's Fluid and noticed it's now a white liquid and not the black, freshing smell that it was before, and I'm wondering why has it uh, changed? Okay, can I just say hands up to say I absolutely hate the smell of Jay's fluid don't mind the smell of bleach I know a lot of people don't like the smell of bleach smell of bleach to m- never mind the smell of bleach but the smell of Jay's fluid I absolutely detest so I'm wondering from your text has the smell also changed even though you thought that it was fresh smelling anybody else noticed that but Jay's fluid it's changed it's a different colour and I'm assuming therefore a different smell as well has anybody else noticed and wondered why it has changed I'll see if I can do this afternoon some snooping around in a bit in investigation for you and see if I can find out why this fluid has changed color and smell. as I say, if it has changed smell, then I would welcome that, but not this uh, listener. Okay, also coming in, we were talking about you know driving through the yellow box. And I was wondering, had anyone ever been fined for driving in a yellow box? You're not meant to go into the yellow box on the road unless your exit is free. Hey, Fromoy listener says, Patricia, I was in the yellow box at the end of St Mary's Hill in Fromoy. Now, this was a few years ago. And the guards came over and questioned me about it. They said, you're not supposed to be in that box unless your exit is free. It's the box right next to the pedestrian crossing by Centre. I was in the right, but according to the guards, I was in the wrong. The day after, I saw another car in the box in the very same position and the same guards were around and they didn't do anything they didn't go over and talk to that person what is going on at all with the town of Formoy this listener says you can't get parking on the street places are blocked off and now we're hearing the camper van drivers are getting free parking it's a shambles and that's an irate Formoy uh, listener well the pluses of getting camper vans into your town is they bring business into the town so that's why it's a real plus and that's that's why they offer the free parking to the campervan people and the idea is that you know if they have parking safe parking even though listening to Aaron Burchell from his YouTube channel Charlie and Me and his campervan he feels that the new campervan parking in Rahili Road is not safe so I don't know how many campervaners it's going to bring but this is a listener who is very very annoyed that there isn't enough parking in for Moy. and then Joan when I said has anybody ever been fined for driving wrongly in the yellow box Joan says she can't be fined for driving into the yellow box because there's never a guard around when people are actually doing it and The yellow box that we were talking about at Mallow Bridge, somebody said it's the lights are all wrong in Mallow. The sequencing of the lights are wrong and then people get into the yellow box and they block it up and then the problem goes on and on and everybody gets stuck. 0818 103 John Paul is taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp to 0862103103. We are looking for your questions for Annalise Drussell. Please, our nutritional therapist, either get them into John Paul or you can text our WhatsApp them WhatsApp them into me now. Annalise, up next.
6: Cork Today on C103.
2: With John
5: Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie This
6: is the Cork Today
2: replay on
6: C103.
5: This is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103 and
2: Annalise Drussell, our nutritional therapist from the Health Hub Times Square in Balencolic. Joining me, good afternoon, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And uh, you're very welcome to the program. Let's get straight in. Lots of questions coming in. Hannah was on. She wants to know: Is it okay to stay on ashwaganda by Wild Nutrition? Is it okay to stay on that long term?
6: It's always good to give those things a break, especially herbs as well, Patricia. Even though they're natural, they still do um, have to be detoxified for by the liver. So always, as a rule of thumb, I think it's good to give everything a break after a couple of months. And... Um, See, you know, see even if you do you need it because if you realise you need it you'll feel it fairly quickly especially with ashwagandha within a couple of weeks you'll miss it. Ashwagandha is normally a herb used for supporting you through stressful times and it's great for um, if you've got anxiety that's related to stress. So I'd reckon if you can take it for three months and then give it a break for at least two weeks before you go back then
2: on Then go it back again. on it again. Okay Cheryl says could you please ask Annelise what's the best remedy for sciatic pain? It's affecting my right leg from my thigh to my foot, I find it very difficult to sleep at night because of it. I've been, I've been, had two courses of anti-inflammatories, but I am no better. Sciatic pain.
6: Yeah, so there isn't really much on the natural front um, of supplements for sciatic pain, only maybe natural anti-inflammatories. With sciatica, the problem is that the nerve is trapped and inflamed. So if it's structural, if it's physically trapped because there's, you know... Uh, a muscle or a bone or something pressing on it. Unfortunately, there's no tablet you can take that can um, undo that. You have to go and get that manipulated by a chiropractor or sometimes physiotherapy can help. But you could take a natural anti-inflammatory to build in conjunction with that. So the one that we find that works great here is the Nutri-Advanced Curcudine Forte. It's a lovely natural anti-inflammatory and it really works well. We get great feedback on it. So you could try that, but I think that you'll have limited success unless you get your back, you, you get it physically addressed as well.
2: Okay. Hi, uh, Patricia. Question for Annalise. I'm on aspirin for the last seven years. The skin of my arms and legs have become very thin and dry. Uh, its They've gone so thin and so dry. It can actually be sore to dry after I've had my shower in the morning. Any suggestion of what I could take to get relief? I don't know. Is that linked to the aspirin?
6: Probably not. I'd say um more than like aspirin would mostly be prescribed as a blood thinner and actually generally it's a really safe drug unless you've got an allergy to aspirin. Um the salicylic acid. Um but otherwise it's actually a very safe drug to take. Um I think like a lot of people would notice that their skin is getting very dry at this time of the year because it's been winter time I think with dry skin you have to have fat from the inside and then moisturize from the outside as well so there's no point just using a moisturizer if you're not hydrating and moisturizing the cells from the inside so in this case always for skin either the omega-3 fat or the omega-7 fat is lovely um, for helping hydrating within and they do so many jobs like the omega-3 fats from fish oils mainly they are very good to keep your good cholesterol up and your bad cholesterol down they keep your blood nice and thin Um actually now those ones mightn't be suitable with an aspirin depending on the dose of the aspirin uh, but they're great for protecting the brain and they're lovely for skin so if you're on a fairly high dose of aspirin you'd be better off taking the omega-7 which comes from sea buckthorn, and then use a lovely moisturiser on the outside, a very, very good one, um, something with maybe shea butter in it. It's one of the best moisturisers. The other lovely thing for the skin on the outside as well is calendula. So if you can get a combination of calendula and shea butter in a moisturiser without any chemicals ideally as well, so you don't stress the skin, that's the best.
2: OK, Anita wants to know, is it OK to take ginseng while also taking a source of life gold? That contains ginseng, doesn't it?
6: There is a bit of ginseng in it. I think you'd know if it was causing you problems if you felt a little bit speedy or if you found okay. it difficult to go to bed at night. So it would be kind of, kind of almost like you drank too much coffee. That yeah. could happen. For some people as well they might get a little their heart might race a little bit. Uh, but otherwise if you're not experiencing those side effects you're probably fine.
2: Mary's in Charleville she suffers from restless legs has done for a few years. and she did get tablets from the doctor but felt they were gave her no relief at all the only relief she gets is ice cold water before bed she finds it gets much worse when she's sitting down she is on magnesium but it doesn't seem to be working could you recommend anything else for restless legs syndrome
6: yeah so there's a few different reasons um, that legs can get restless and actually it probably affects women a lot more than men and I do think it happens a lot more around menopause so I think there must be a hormonal link but it's not clear so the first thing would be iron deficiency or vitamin B12 deficiency. You need to rule those out. Then magnesium is a very, very uh, deficiency, is a very common cause. And the majority of people will find that restless legs clear up when they're taking a magnesium. Now, there's different kinds of magnesium. So I think in this case, the the one that's best for restless legs is um like there's different. Some of the magnesium isn't very well absorbed, so the magnesium glycinate is always a lovely one for absorption. But there's another one that could be very good for restless legs, and that's called magnesium malate. And the malate version of that, it, the malate bit, is very good for restless legs as well as the magnesium. So that's those three things. Other things it could be as well as for some people, it might be veins. You know, it could be to do with their veins heating up at night and then creating that feeling of hot and restless legs. So the best thing for that is horse chestnut. You can take it as a supplement. You can take it as tablets and you can also put it on as a gel um, or cream. So I'd advise trying any of those things, but rule out RN and B12 deficiency because they're actually very, very common and most likely the cause.
2: And Kathleen in Cork City is looking for any cure for hair loss. This can be a huge issue, particularly for females.
6: It is, absolutely. And again, well, I mean, I suppose for men, they're probably used to it because they've just got male pattern baldness that comes. But for women, it just destroys your confidence if you lose your hair. So the couple of reasons, again, it's to try and make sure that there's no underlying cause. Again, iron deficiency and B vitamin B deficiencies would cause hair loss. Low thyroid function. So get your thyroid checked as well. That could be another reason for for hair loss. Some women experience it around menopause. Certainly, the quality of your hair can change around menopause as well. So there there is lovely supplements for for the quality of, of hair. But the one that I find best best for hair that's falling out and not growing back is the Norcrin. It's spelled N O U R K R I N. And we've had great success with that over the years with customers. I've even used it myself when I felt my hair was thinning and it definitely worked for me. So it's a type of a marine. It's, it's expensive because it's, they've patented it as some kind of marine protein that seems to kickstart the follicles that have go, gone into dormant phase back into active growing phase again. So I combine that with some biotin, which is lovely for um, hair strength. And zinc is another great one as well for hair. Um, and if you get a hair supplement, you'll get the biotin and the zinc in there together. But Solgar do a very, very high strength one. It's five thousand milligrams, which is the strongest on the market. So I'd recommend that and take a separate zinc of about ten milligrams a day.
2: And would that same advice apply to somebody who has also noticed hair loss and it's it's only happened since COVID.
6: Oh, very common from COVID as well. Is it? Absolutely. Listen, COVID is the weirdest virus I've seen in all the years I've been working as a nutritional therapist because there is nothing I think that you could rule out as a side effect. So I think um, hair loss is very common for a lot of young women. There's a lot of menstrual issues. Um, as a result of COVID and sometimes even from the vaccines as well, heart palpitations, low platelet count with people coming in with very strange rashes, the fatigue, people, it's very common with fatigue, a lot of people developing allergic reactions to things after COVID. It's a very strange virus
2: for sure. We're going to be talking about this I think for a long time uh, to come, Come. Uh, even when when it's gone, you know, I think it's just yeah, uh, long COVID I think is going to be around unfortunately. Teresa says Hi, I'm taking a calcium supplement 1,200 milligrams per day with magnesium and vitamin D3. Could you ask Annalise, could I also take Source of Life gold at the same time?
6: you could there isn't a huge amount of calcium in the source of life gold the one thing i worry patricia about very high doses of calcium is that calcium does if you've got high levels of calcium in your blood it can actually harden the cholesterol present in arteries and it can cause plaque buildup so it's not just cholesterol that hardens the you know makes the plaque in the arteries if you don't have high cholesterol and you don't have high calcium, you won't get that plaque build-up. But with both of those, you do. So I'm not a big fan of people taking high doses of calcium, and 1,200 would be the highest, I think, that doctors recommend. If you want to avoid um, potential problems, it's good to take a vitamin K2 with it as well because that prevents the calcification of arteries. Um, so if you're taking a high dose of calcium be sure that you're taking a vitamin K2 as well and actually a lot of the time now the new supplements come with that and Source of Life Gold will have a bit of magnesium in it but it won't have a huge amount of calcium and it'll have a bit of vitamin D but if you're just taking it for the month of the tonic it won't cause
2: it. Liz wants to know what would Annalise recommend for Baker's cyst?
6: Oh painful. Is
2: that, um, I've so just googled it, it's to do with your knee is it? It's
6: yeah knee? so it's it's also, um, it can it's a kind of a, a, a little cyst that forms in between the joints of the knee. It's very painful. Sometimes there's other ones as well called, um, gosh, the name is escaping me now, Bartolin cyst, I think, or housemaid's knee it's also called, and they're very painful. Um, again, taking natural anti-inflammatories can help. Um, the one that we love here is either the curcudine Forte by Nutri-Advanced or if you can get that one, it's a practitioner supplement, so it's hard to get your hands on. Take something that is a combination of the curcumin, the turmeric extract and Boswellia. Devil's claw is a lovely one as well as a natural anti-inflammatory for anything to do with joints, and it will help with the cyst as well. But unfortunately, really, what you want is you want cyst to drain. Um, It might be that you'd have to go in and have it manually drained by your doctor, which is excruciatingly painful. But rubbing on then, I think something maybe like the... the Pernaton Forte, which sort of heats up and gets right into the muscle tissue and, and gives you good relief, that might be a good one just to help with the symptoms of the pain, even though it won't do much for getting rid of it.
2: OK, hi. A question for Elise, please. My skin recently, I've started to notice very visible pores. What can I be doing or taking?
6: OK, so... I suppose anything that um, would improve the quality of the skin would be things like vitamin C, collagen, and the good fats like your omega-3 and omega-7. Um It's unusual to kind of develop pores all of a sudden unless you've changed. It's possible that you could be working in an environment where there's a lot of heat or steam that are opening the pores. And if you're working in a kitchen, for example, the grease can get stuck in those pores. So a good facial would would help with that. I know that smoking is a big factor for for open pores as well. to like All of the things like vitamin C, collagen and the the fats will, will help your skin be very healthy and beautiful, but you're still going to go and need and get those pores addressed. So go and get a good facial um, where they will take them out and you can start from scratch again.
2: Okay, Lots of new things coming up. I've never heard of this. Uh, could you ask Annalise, this is from Win? is there anything that can help people with giant cell, is it arthritis? Arthritis? It. I've just done a quick Google, yes. and it's persistent severe head pain, usually in the temple. And I'm just seeing it's thought to be an immune system um, and its immune response causing damage to the body's own blood vessels.
6: OK. Yes, I think there's something that I've definitely read about this now, but it's a long time, Patricia, so I couldn't swear. But... Uh, What you need to do there is there's two things. The first thing is if the vascular tissue is being damaged, you have to support that. And the second thing is if the immune system has started attacking itself, you need to rebalance the immune system. So it's a bit of a a process, really, to be honest. And um, the first thing I would do is in terms of the diet, um, especially if there's IBS related, I think IBS and autoimmune disease go hand in hand for at least 80% of the people that I see anyway, Patricia. And I think what happens is that the body has been amounting immune response to harmless things like foods and other things. And then it just seems to go into overdrive and start attacking the body. So I would certainly um, investigate that first if that's an issue. And then in terms of immune balance, um you're looking at things like um the omega-three fats are one of the best things in terms of balancing um for autoimmune disease and you want to be taking at least at least one thousand milligrams of your EPA DHA per day. Um, EPA very important in that high dose of vitamin D get your vitamin D checked by your doctor because my own experience is that a lot of people with autoimmune disease tend to be very low in vitamin D so you would need to be taking maybe about 3000 IUs of vitamin D a day Um, and then as I said rule out any food food intolerances that could be driving the autoimmune and then in terms of the vascular tissue resveratrol is a wonderful drug and I'm doing a lot of study at the moment and research Patricia around anti-aging and how to stay healthy for longer into very old age and resveratrol is one that comes up again and again the French would get a lot of it in their red wine and it's part of the Mediterranean diet in red wine and grapes so you can get that in supplement form and it's very good to support vascular tissue. And then natural anti-inflammatories again like your boswellia which is frankincense and your curcumin your tur- turmeric extract they would be very important for that. So that would be a good start anyway Patricia.
2: Okay alright a mind of information as always. Listen Annalise thank you for that have a great week. Won't talk to you next week because we have a bank holiday so we'll talk to you in two oh, weeks time. Well,
6: can I mention then that there's a lovely herbalist coming from the Dr. Deelish Clare Company. Great. is coming on Tuesday the 10th and she'll be in this, um, answering questions from, two, uh, from 12 o'clock until 2 o'clock. Okay. All right. All right. People thanks for
2: that. Bye bye. That's Annelise Trisad. You can go to her website which is healthhubstore.com and actually this afternoon she will post up all of the items that she's mentioned. You can see it on the section as heard on the radio and of course our own John Paul puts it up the slot that I did with Annalise there puts it up as a podcast if you want to listen back to anything that we mentioned today. Let me look to some of your texts uh, coming in on Formoy and Formoy parking. When an irate listener <laughs> was on to us earlier saying never should never find parking space in Formoy, somebody said that lady was dead right. Parking is very difficult to find some days in Formoy. Now that the restaurants are open again, I feel, says this listener, that they need to get rid of the outdoor dining areas. That surely would free up a lot of spaces in the town. Cars and vans advertising their businesses are also parked on the street that needs to be looked at where, what, where is the traffic warden? What are the traffic warnings? Uh, wardens doing more needs to be done. We need more parking spaces in Formoy. And there's a couple of other people uh, saying very much the same thing. On the Ukrainian refugees and housing, Michael says, Patricia, welcome back. Thank you very much. I really think saying that the our Ukrainian families who will be coming here will not be staying long. Realistically, many of them will not be able to return to their beloved, country. Unfortunately they won't be able to go back anytime soon even if the war was to end today. The infrastructure of the country has been completely destroyed by Putin and his thugs so these people will be with us I feel for many many years. I would like to see a better plan going forward we can't pit our own people who need accommodation against these people who are fleeing a war situation and as for direct provision we know that that certainly doesn't work. I would love to hear the views of other people, says uh, Michael, and yes, I absolutely accept that for a lot of people for a lot of the Ukrainian refugees that have arrived here they have like, their houses are completely been destroyed. but I heard somebody speaking from a pin outside of Kiev. Other area that a lot of the infrastructure and houses were gone and I heard a woman speaking along with her two children and her home is gone, completely gone and she was asked about that, would she prefer to stay here long term with her children and she didn't bat an eye. She said absolutely not because remember uh, the majority of the women that are here, husbands, they've got brothers, they've got fathers, they've got sons back in Ukraine and it would be a little bit like if God forbid we were living through a war situation here and say the town of Kinsale our band in Malo was completely destroyed and there was nothing left Your house might be gone, but people will go back and they'll move to different parts of Ukraine, which is what we would do. We would move back just to a different part of Ireland, maybe where your family, maybe where you have already got some uh, connections. But I think, Michael, the majority of them will and they desperately do want to go back. But it's the when. and, And I absolutely accept what you're saying. We do have to plan going forward and we certainly do not want to get this pitting Irish people against Ukrainian refugees. I mean I can even see it on some of the texts coming in and it really upsets me when I see it because the you know we are such a welcoming country and we have been so generous and kind in looking after the people from Ukraine and you just don't want that situation to arise for sure. I absolutely agree with what you're saying. John in from Oscommon, who works in the area, he's suggesting things like old uh, um, he said, "There's a 50-bedroom hotel in a town that he's aware, aware of boarded up for the last seven years. There's no psychiatric hospital. Probably is a hundred uh, beds, and there would be the old nurses' station. We need to be looking, thinking outside the box, and look for other accommodation. Okay, that's where I've got to go. Got to leave you, uh, Nick Richards, with you for the afternoon. Thanks to John Paul. Back to today 10.
5: on C103 with John Cusack. Insurances Can Sale. now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. C M I G